0: The scripture today is from the book of Exodus, chapter 16, verses 2 through 15. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them, whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation, to the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine, flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they didn't know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Over and over, I've heard people say, I can't believe we're only halfway through 2020. This year has been unprecedented. In the first six weeks of 2020 alone, we faced the Australian wildfires, the impeachment and acquittal of the U.S. President, the fear of war with Iran, the death of sports legend Kobe Bryant, the Iowa caucus debacle, Harry and Megan taking a break from their royal duties. And next we faced locust swarms in East Africa, murder hornets, record heat in Siberia, and a novel coronavirus that suddenly became a global pandemic and continues to impact every nation, especially ours. And now we're facing unprecedented economic and unemployment upheaval, and with the horrific killing of George Floyd, a global racial awakening. And gladly we hear voices around the world crying out for justice. Now you have permission to say aloud right now if you need to, no wonder I'm stressed. No wonder I'm exhausted. No wonder I might feel depressed. This is all too much, and we are sad, and we are in grief, and we're anxious about what's ahead, and we feel out of control because we are out of control, and it's okay to face that. We're going on four months of varying levels of quarantine. People are wrung out from being indoors and spending too many hours existing on Zoom and sugar and caffeine. And the adrenaline of the first few months of our new way of life has worn off. We've been thinking, there's no way we'll be in this quarantine pandemic thing for much longer. Yet the dates for opening up keep being pushed back, and decisions are delayed. And no matter how many times health officials tell us we need to settle in for the long haul, we can't believe it. They've tried describing this new reality using metaphors. It's more of a marathon than a sprint, they tell us. Or it's a mountain range, not a single mountain. Or we're in the second inning of a nine-inning game. No matter how clear the scientists' messages have been, human nature resorts to denial as our coping mechanism of choice. And it's understandable. I'm tired of Netflix, Hulu, and Prime. And when we finally get to go out, we're tired of physical distancing and wearing masks. And some people, though, have convinced themselves that the rules don't apply to them. And we've all seen the crowded beaches and bars, Some churches are opening, and according to an article in the New York Times today, July 8th, cases of the virus are erupting through irreligious gatherings. Health officials fear we might actually be losing control over the virus. One doctor laid it out clearly. He said it won't take policy and policing to change the direction of this virus. It is now dependent upon the moral courage and responsibility of individuals and their families to do the right thing. Can you imagine? The world's health depends upon us showing our good character and our concern for the well-being of others. You'd think people of faith could be leaders in this arena, I know that it's easier said than done. My husband Tim and I have been ta- have been talking about how different personality types deal with uncertainty differently. Some personalities require solid plans. In the vacuum of information, some people's anxiety goes up exponentially. And understandably, people are asking, will schools open or not? And if so, what's the plan? Will churches open or not? And if so, what's the plan? Will the economy recover? And in order for it to do so, what's the plan? The human need for certainty is wired into our DNA and is as old as the human race. We see this human need for security and certainty played out in our biblical story today. So here's the setting. The Israelites have just been set free from the oppression of Pharaoh in Egypt. They just reached the other side of the Red Sea. The women were singing and dancing, and after their long-awaited liberation from the oppressor, the sound of the tambourines was still echoing when the people started to complain. We are thirsty. This water is bitter. So the Lord kindly provided for them sweet water. And their worry quickly moved on to their hunger. And they cried out to Moses and Aaron, we're not being adequately fed. So the Lord kindly provided meat and the most unusual bread from heaven called manna. Now, it's very easy to be critical of these whiners and complainers. After all, the writer of the story used the word to complain seven times in this passage. And the people have evolved from crying out from their suffering at the hands of Pharaoh to complaining about their lack of sustenance at the hand of God. The text says, The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Anxiety and blame have a particular way of spreading faster than wildfire. Worry begets worry. And the Israelites did what we all do when we feel afraid or unsafe. We pivot to traveling down that dangerous road of nostalgia. We say things like, remember when, or if only. When anxiety goes up, we're tempted to long for an idealized version of a former life. Back then certainly was better than whatever we're experiencing now. Nostalgia, however, can be dangerous. For example, The slogan, Make America Great Again, assumes that America was great for everyone. But the current racial protests are pulling back the curtain to show us that the past was not great for everyone. There's no going back to Egypt. The Israelites convinced themselves it was better to return to what was familiar, even if it meant going back to slavery. And their rationale? at least we had our fill of bread and meat. Never mind that they suffered under heavy brick production quotas. Repeatedly, the text says, the Lord has heard their complaining. Rather than getting angry, the Lord responded as a sympathetic mother dealing with an overtired and hungry child on a long car trip. The children of Israel We're just getting to know Moses as God who delivered them from under the chokehold of the Pharaoh. And what they found disorienting was the path from slavery didn't lead directly into the promised land of milk and honey. Instead, they found themselves in the wilderness, for only God knew how long. And the Lord knew the people were understandably weary and worried. "'Tell the people that in the wilderness they will be taken care of,' the Lord said to Moses. "'But it won't be easy, and they'll need to trust me. "'Tell them to look into the wilderness to see a sign of my presence.'" As Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The holy presence of God was visible as they gazed out into the wilderness to catch sight of God in their midst. We too are in our own wilderness, and we've been through a lot as individuals, as a community, and the world, and we aren't sure how long we'll be in this wilderness journey, nor in what direction we're actually going. But we mustn't lose sight of the presence of the Holy One. We can find hope in these ancient stories. They remind us that the people of God have been in and out of times of wilderness and disorientation and have never been abandoned to fend for themselves. When we grow tired, let us be patient with one another as God has been patient with us. And when we grow weary, let us be gentle with one another. And when our anxieties intensify, let us encourage each other to slow down and to breathe. And let us trust one another. We have to believe we're each doing our best to get through this wilderness intact. And above all, just because we are physically distanced from one another doesn't mean that God is at a distance from us. In fact, it is directly in our wilderness where God reveals the presence of the Holy One. God is here in us, among us, and around us. So be it. Amen.